Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 41. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or at callthatgirl.podbean.com. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel by going to youtube.com slash callthatgirl. Now this show is about Microsoft Outlook, Office 365, Microsoft Exchange Migrations, and any other stories I can share from my past week or so. If you need help learning Office 365, I am available by the project or hour. I do give tech discounts and pay out commissions if you refer me a client. And before we get rolling with the show, I'd like to uh, say thanks to our sponsor, AppRiver. They are email and web security specialists. They also offer phenomenal sales and support. They have been my preferred vendor for all my clients for almost three years now, and I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you have listened to my past shows, you've heard me speak about them often. If you'd like to set up a time to talk to my uh, sales rep, Steve Harris, you can email him at sharris at appriver.com. All right, gang, let's get going. This show this week is, uh, the topic is going to be synchronizing products that I use and my favorites. And I got a few uh, notes here from, I got to find my notes here, uh, from this past week. I just did a show a few days ago because I was off last weekend, but uh, today is March 6th, Sunday, and uh, there's a lot of hoo-ha going on right now with pop email not working now with Office 2016, basically Outlook. Now, here's the thing is I'm not getting a lot of calls for that stuff yet, but I'm seeing it out there and techs are talking about it. So what I try to do is keep ahead. If I'm not getting the calls, I really can't look into it. So the other techs are saying on the forums and on Facebook that it is happening. So just to let you know, there is an update issue. And I did find a a link from Diane Peremsky up from Slipstick that uh, she put out. It's called Outlook 2016 Pop Problems with an Update. So like I said, I haven't got any calls. I don't even know know how to even say what's worked or not for me, but for you techs. I'll put that in the show notes and you can check it out. But I did get a call that uh, kind of, mm, I wasn't sure how to take it, but (laughs) I actually took two IMAP calls this week and they both were on 2016. And the first one was a client who I helped, I don't know, maybe about a month ago or so. And when I remote into people's computers, I can see like right away, because I've got the Dr. Eagle eye of what's going on. You know, he called in his search wasn't working. Well, people's search doesn't work for lots of different reasons, but uh, I fixed his search, helped him with some optimizing. You know, he was using, of course, uh, IMAP that puts on filters, so I cleared all the filters, and I don't know, it was about a 45-minute job, and just said, hey, now there's no guarantee this search is going to stick, because that's a fix that search sometimes will break again or not finish the indexing or whatever I do to it, so I said, call me back. Well, they called me back and said, not only is the client's IMAP not searching, but all three people on the same domain are having problems. Now, that is very strange for three people on three separate computers to be having search problems. So 
knowing, you know, I did my interview process. I was like, that just doesn't make any sense. So I remoted into the main client's computer, did my spot checks. Everything was good. Indexing for Outlook was zero. All, no filters applied from all the work I did in the past. And uh, in uh, the email account settings, you can actually change um, to download all the mail or to hold back some mail. But everything looked good. Why is the client's all three mailboxes having this issue? So to me, I kind of had to determine it as a server issue or IMAP issue or something was messed up from not the desktop level. So I asked the client, I said, well, who's hosting your email? And they said, go daddy. And I said, Oh, here we go. Because you call in with an IMAP problem to go daddy. Their first level people constantly fight you and tell you it's a desktop issue. And then if they don't do that, they try to sell you on office 365 and the client laughed and said, well, they already did sell them on Office 365 and they hated it. So they went back to IMAP, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but they really, but so then I had to think, okay, now there is a way that I have asked GoDaddy to fix IMAP before, which is uh, refreshing their IMAP server, which basically fixes any bugs. Um, if there is any with IMAP, which there are always bugs. But then I thought, well, what can we do outside of that first? And I had to think, what's a simple test actually to, to see if that was broke or not. So on the client's computer, I made a new test profile and got a fresh download of IMAP without any other things done. Just pulled down a fresh copy, let it sit for 10, 15 minutes or so, came back and search worked. Now that was just creating a new profile. So what I don't understand is why all three people are having the problem, but what was the best solution for the client? Because, you know, to call GoDaddy and kind of uh, try to get them to understand at first level, they never do. And, and that's probably what they would have done anyway, is the desktop fix, is creating a new profile. So basically what how that works is the IMAP is broken on the server level. You get a new profile. It brings down a fresh copy and everything should be good. And that's how I fix sometimes issues and sometimes I don't. But just to let you folks know that that is, you know, a fix I did. The client is going to call me on Monday to let me know if it worked and they fixed it. And luckily he only had one other email account to add on. And it was a very simple setup. Now I hate doing this when people have a ton of stuff going on, like six email accounts and 10 PSTs and all these special settings, because reworking a profile is a two hour job. It really is. So that's why I don't say, Oh yeah, let's just create a new profile. It's a simple answer. Cause then they're going to want tons of things fixed signatures, auto cash, blah, blah, blah. And that's why I called it a test. But like I said, I got lucky he didn't have much. Now, what's strange about this call is that the gal also called in, when she called in to GoDaddy, um, I talked about this. She also said that um, they were thinking about going back to Pop, but GoDaddy said Pop is not supported anymore by Microsoft. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, Pop, <laughs> and I was like, I was trying to understand what, they were probably asking them a question and the GoDaddy salesperson didn't understand it. But, you know, pop is not going away as far as I know, but the software is having problems and that is true. So you got to be careful what you hear and think out there to make sure that we don't tell the clients the wrong information because no, that's silly.
So anyway, then another call I had was another IMAP problem. And this client, uh, they're kind of married to Gmail on uh, the Google um, app, or excuse me, the Google Mail, not Google Apps, but Google Mail. They have almost 200 IMAP accounts set up, and they have some serious email situation going on because the, their contractors and what their work is is taking a lot of work orders, and then uh, they've got a team of people that actually manage all these accounts and mails, and it's pretty intense. And I've helped them for a couple of years now, and they're great clients, but a lot of times they'll call in with is that their email starts acting up, it's slow, uh, things don't work, and literally for two years, I have just gone in and did my cleanup, which I do all the time. I clean up their inbox, I clean up the important file, I clean up the sent items, and starred. So those are four things that Gmail loves to hold on to tight in Outlook is the important file for one because it's a copy. They did with the new versions of 2013 and 16 remove that all mail file, which thank gosh that was removed. That's just a hole of clutter. But the important is still there. Okay, so you do have to clean that up. And basically what I tell folks is I'm going to uh, – just cut it right out of there, move it to a new PST file. It's there if you need it. If not, you know, I never delete anything, so it just has to stay like a, a copy, but it's not on their current IMAP server, so it's not synchronizing. And that's the other thing is that they complained about was synchronizing all the time. So that client, uh, I actually set them up for quarterly cleanups now and because their, their outlook is very intense. But the thing that's cool is they don't have a lot of folders. They just have a lot inbound and, and outbound going on. That was a nice call. And uh, I like those kind of jobs because the client is usually, since they're three hours ahead of me <laughs> in, the, in the East Coast time, I get to just just slowly do it on my own time and there's no rush. And it's not like a heavy, intense hour with somebody. It's just, ah, just clean it up and do it. Okay, then I had another call that I just, it's not anything to do with Outlook or Officer 65, but... You know, I have a lot of old school clients that call in and uh, they're sometimes they're like, hey, can you help me with setting up a new computer? You know, I used to use Mosey for backup and this client happened to have Mosey and I was like, yeah, you know what? I can handle that work still. They're an old school client. I felt so bad for this lady. We spent probably 45 minutes doing some tweaking on our new Windows 10, setting up the the Mosey to restore, get everything set up. She had 85 gigs to download. So I told her this will take a while. And, um, you know, I didn't see anything wrong with the computer in the first 45 minutes. Nothing that, I mean, if you notice it's bad out of the box, you can tell, right? Well, I think over the course of a few days, the computer must have had something change because when I remoted in the second time, Everything was funky. Like for Windows 10, I mean, I've seen it enough. I don't use it day to day right now, but I can tell that the graphics were weird. The task menu bar was gone. Uh, everything was just kind of like a whole different computer. And I was like, man, this is really strange. Like it didn't seem right. And I, I'm going to guess that it had an update during the one of the reboots or something because it just seemed like a different system. So after helping her get all the data down, or we already had it down, but organized, and we did some other stuff, uh, at the very end, her um, 
<laughs> this is where it gets freaky. She hangs up with me. She calls me back 15 minutes later, and she's like, you're not going to believe what happened. I was going through all the files. We just got off of Mosey, and all of a sudden, she was like, things just started happening. Her entire documents started triplicating, and then they all deleted. And she goes, and I did not delete them. But she did try to delete one folder, but somehow in the mix-up, or she was deleting something else. But anyway, in the end, everything went crazy. And I said, that's not normal at all. We went to go uh, find the recycle bin. That was gone. Everything was all crazy there. I haven't had one of my techs look at it, and they were like, this is not a good load. <laughs> there were too many. And he just basically popped in, too, for 15 minutes to spot check stuff, and it was just like, this is going to be a bad computer. He did some um, checking on, uh, I don't even know, the – the, to find out if the motherboard was okay, the memory and all that. And so she unfortunately just spent two hours with me to find out it was a bad computer. And that sucked because now you know what happens is it's a rework again. So this time around, uh, she got the new, she got a new replacement and we kind of did the same thing first round. We got to do it all again. And, uh, you know, I hate to tell people that this is really unfortunate, but it's really, I'd rather have the computer be bad from the get-go and know that than have to fight issues, you know, for the next six to eight months, which could have happened, you know, and then finally people give up and they're so mad and they've already spent how much time with tech support, which we don't want that. But that's just something that uh, happens. You you buy something that doesn't work, you have to return it. And um, like I said, it's just two hours I put in and, I'll probably end up putting another two because we did all these other little things, set up for Outlook and download software and blah, blah, blah. But that's how it goes in our world, right? All right. Now, I think we're going to jump right into the topic, gang. I, uh, I, I've been seeing on the forums a lot and in the Facebook group I'm in, uh, when techs are having calls in from clients that let's say are not business clients, but like people that use, you know, like Earthlink, Yahoo, free accounts, Comcast, Charter, whatever. And they want to synchronize their, their computers with their phones or their tablets, right? So this is where you'd want to uh, start working with a third-party app, I call it. Now, now here's the thing. When I get the calls from clients – and they tell me kind of their situation. It's always a big mess of like six things that they're trying to do. And I don't even know how they even set that up in the first place. But they somehow did. And then it broke. And the big common one was a couple of years ago, uh, Google had a, a Google Calendar Sync tool that was awesome. <laughs> that thing was like lickety split awesome. I loved it. But then they took that away completely, <laughs> which... I think they were they were trying to take back their market share of of uh you know they're getting people off Outlook and to start using their own products and their stuff but they just kind of left people high and dry. But so anyway, it kind of left more opportunity for other products to kind of step in and take its place and um like I said earlier, when people call in, they tell me all their problems and I have to try to figure out a good solution. And if I determine that they're an Outlook for sure user and they have an iPhone, 
that kind of helps me figure out what product they should get. And of course, I always try to get them on exchange first because I always say to them, you know, look, there's a, look, we've got at least two hours here of fixing your current problem with like, let's say iCloud, but you own a domain. So we could just put you on exchange and you're going to be paying 60 bucks a year for a really good solid product. And plus my labor fees, which is only about half hour more than what you'd be paying anyway. Those people are easy to sell to. So for technicians out there that are starting to get these calls or have been moving business clients to exchange is just to me the best answer. You're getting them on a good product. It's reliable and it's not going to break. And if it does, it's easy, usually easily fixable. Um, but for, like I was saying, what I'm seeing out there on Facebook and the forums is that people are getting clients that don't really want to spend the money. Okay, well, they don't want to spend the money. I get that. But then, you you know, I spent two hours of my time reworking people's systems. So then, you, you know, I, I hope the techs don't do what I used to do is, quote, feel bad <laughs> because they don't want to pay. It's your time, and plus you might have to learn the product and everything else. So to me, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, I see that a lot, and I used to feel that way too. Well, they don't want to spend any money, but they want you to put in all the time to configure all their stuff. So today's topic is we're going to talk about the syncing products I've used and what I still use sometimes if moving them to exchange is not a good answer. And I'll try to give you guys the estimate of time uh, that it takes, sometimes it takes a lot, but, um, anyway, let's get going here. So, uh, la la. Okay. So of course, exchange is my favorite. If you can migrate someone to exchange, then their phone set up really nicely. Their other devices, the online app, everything just kind of flows with the exchange. And even if they don't have a domain, uh, I've told people go buy a domain and buy yourself a family domain. The family domains are really nice. You know, like, let's just say johnsonfamily.com. I've had some families do that because they want the full uh, control of the calendar and the contacts and all the stuff for the whole family. And, I mean, if they got the money, it's worth it. Otherwise, you we're going to be using the products I talked to you about. That's really the, fa the family favorite, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of families right now that want calendar syncing, I'll tell you that. Um but anyway, uh, you can sell them a domain and help them with that. And the last client I helped, you know what? I think it was about an hour and a half it took to get all the work done, to set them up on domain and get it in Outlook. And, and we didn't really have a lot to migrate for email because he didn't have a lot of email. But he had calendar work and contacts and all the little stuff. And then, of course, iPhone training. <laughs> which I spend probably 15, 20 minutes with somebody on their phone to get it with the exchange to work fine. So, you know, this is a good hour and a half, two hour job for you folks to do that. Um, the full migration, like I said, is about two, maybe three sometimes. Um, so now that's the one product, of course, I love the most. My second favorite, number two, is Outlook.com. Now this is what I call outlook.com is like a mini server a little mini exchange server. Uh, most people that have their own email, let's say Yahoo account. Okay. Let's, we're just going to use any of them, charter Yahoo, whatever they have it set up in their outlook and they want a syncing tool. 
Well, Outlook.com works the best, in my opinion, uh, to sync calendar and contacts. So forget about the email part of it. Just think contacts and, and calendar. Now, if you have an iPhone, Outlook.com is actually an option on the phone to click when you're in the mail um, mail contacts calendar to set up a new account. That's one of the options. It's built in the iPhone already, and that's what makes it really nice. The Android, I do believe you have to use one of the apps. But uh, the Outlook.com migration work is, is still not simple to do, okay? So first thing I tell people is you have to create an Outlook.com account. And this is where well, a lot of people already have it. It's mixed up with their store accounts, their computers, whatever. But just make sure that they know that this is called their server, okay? That's what I try to tell people is you have a server. It's called Outlook.com. And then you have to install it in, so after you create the account, you have to install it in Outlook. Now with 2016, it's actually already set to install. It's called Exchange ActiveSync, I think. Let me go look here in mine. I'll get that open here so I can make sure. But if you have an older version, like 2010 or 2007, you actually have to install the Hotmail connector, which still does work, believe it or not. It works good. Um, so you don't have to force somebody to upgrade with the software, but of course, if they upgrade, that's better. Uh, it takes care of a lot of problems that you might have. Let me just grab that account setting. So I make sure here. Okay. So in 2013, it is called exchange active sync or outlook.com. Yep. So with, so when you go into 2013 or 16, uh, you go to Outlook or Exchange Active Sync. All you need to put in is the name, email. The mail server is usually Outlook.com. If not, it's uh, m.hotmail.com or s.hotmail or s.outlook. Username, password, done. Okay, it'll green check and set up. If it doesn't set up, then you might have two-step authentication turned on. And you got to go fix that within the Outlook.com settings. Okay, so hold on. I mean, I just got out of Outlook here. Okay, so let's just recap the steps again. You have to go to Outlook.com, create the account, go to your Outlook, go set it up. Now, this is this is your base, okay? So you got Outlook.com now set up. You don't have to worry about the email, but you're going to go to the calendars and contacts, and this is my tips on how to merge uh, the person's current calendar into outlook.com is you unfortunately <laughs> need this little trick to it. You need to save the current calendar and outlook as a save calendar option for ICS. Okay. You cannot just import it into outlook.com like normal. So if you open up your outlook and go to your calendar and select the calendar you want to export, then go to file at the top of outlook and go to save calendar. Okay, then it pops up this little save calendar box. And what you want to do is go to the more options button, and there you can pick a date range and availability, and, and in the advanced tab, it'll show private and whatnot. I will let you know that if the client has like years and years and years and years of data, I don't recommend you putting that up on the server because it's going to crash Outlook, and it does not take uh, more than 10,000 K items, I believe. I've done this before. So I tell people, let's just sync, you know, the last years or so. You know, that's all you probably need to do the syncing. 
you don't need a full, you know, archive of all of your stuff on your phone and online, right? Even though they believe they do, they don't. And you can just say it's a restriction of the program. So I usually just go to the date range. I do a custom specified dates. I go back one year and go up a year because a lot of people have recurring stuff. You want to make sure that all gets in there. So then you go and hit okay. And it's going to save it as an ICS file. And that's your calendar export. Then the contacts, you want to export the contacts into a CSV file. Okay. So we're going to outlook. We're getting the contacts backed up. We're getting the calendar backed up. Then you go to Outlook.com, and you can import those in on the browser. And Outlook.com lets you, well, it'll actually only let you import an ICS file for the calendar, and the context will do CSV. So then you let the server kind of get those updates, and you're going to start seeing them pop into Outlook. And it takes a little time. You have to make sure you tell your clients, you know, like, look, this is going to take some time. It's not a rush job and things are not going to sink in the first maybe hour even because, you know, we can't control the internet and how fast it goes. But eventually, if you open up your Outlook and into the calendar, you're going to start seeing things populate. And that is nice. Okay, so let's say that's all gets synced up. Then you do your testing. You put something on the calendar in Outlook. You'll see it on the browser. And... The same with the context. So then I know it's working and usually it just auto syncs. You don't even have to do anything. You might want to hit your send receive a uh, button and change that, uh, those uh, options to be every minute if people like it a little faster. But the one problem I have with outlook.com is that it's really difficult to make that the default calendar in outlook. So like if people do a lot of accepting of appointments, but luckily, because they're home users for the most part, they don't have that need to accept appointments. But that is where the rework comes involved. If they do need that to be default, then you have to create a whole new profile in Outlook and set the Outlook.com as default. And then it sometimes works. <laughs> and I say that because I've been there. You do all this work and it still won't default appointments that are coming in. But most people just want to see a calendar, type in doctor appointments, you know, pick up the kids, that kind of stuff. And that you don't really need to have a default calendar. But uh, once you've backed up a calendar and uh, backed up the context, then you can go fix the calendar views and the context and all that. There's going to be clutter. And people don't like that extra clutter. But anyway, after you get the online done and the Outlook syncing, then you can go to the phone Oh boy. And let me just tell you, the phone is sometimes the biggest struggle because their phones, if they are especially iPhone people, they have got iCloud as they're in their accounts. They've got other emails. Goodness knows what other syncing that they have going on. And I basically talk people through adding outlook.com, swiping off the mail, swiping off all the extra stuff they don't use, going into iCloud, swiping off the calendar and the contacts there. And that can give you a little bit of a, um, a little scary feeling because uh, if they have iCloud and that thing is full of contacts, you don't want to turn that off too quickly because they might lose their entire address book. Luckily, it'll come back, but uh, it's just more of a mess. Okay. And for those people using iCloud, we're going to talk about that next. It is hairy. <laughs> iCloud is a hairy, hairy, scary program. And people don't have any idea how much data they're actually giving to Apple when they do that. 
Okay, one sec. All right. So then with Outlook.com, you just basically set up their phone, do some testing, and it really works pretty good. But that, again, two-hour job for me. And I, you know, do all the work myself. And a lot of it's just the teaching of the people and the hand-holding. But it is my favorite, and it is free, and it does work pretty good. Okay, next is iCloud. And um, like I said, I used to take inbound calls for iCloud, people wanting help. But now I have a, a rule that, you know, I, I, I'm really clear about this. If people want iCloud set up, I don't do it anymore. It is becoming too much of a problem uh, just in general. And the people that are calling me pretty much have it all set up, but it broke. So then I say, look, a movie to outlook.com <laughs> or a movie to exchange. But I just, and if I say I can't fix iCloud anymore and they're hearing it from me, they're pretty much sure that it's not a good program. So I've had no resistance for people to move to Exchange or Outlook.com. And uh, I'm happy about that because iCloud has some really funky stuff it does. Uh, iCloud, for the most part, when you go to set it up in Outlook, you have to download the iCloud control panel. And uh, a while ago, it didn't even work with 2016. I think it does now, though. You have to download the control panel. And then you have to set it up with Outlook. And then it actually merges all your information and starts kidnapping stuff. You don't have a choice about that. Then you have to make sure that the add-in in Outlook works. And then hope it works once you get it all set up. I always back up everything before I even touch an iCloud calendar contacts issue. Back up first, no matter what. Get your data backed up. Have a good copy because then if you, if it gets messed up and it's not your fault, at least you know you got the data, okay? That's number one. But anyway, I, iCloud tends to have a ton of little sub-calendars and sub-things that are just a mess. Sometimes four or five calendars, which there's work, home, kids, birthday, you know, personal, all this just extra clutter that people don't need. But yet I find calendar items all over the place. So when I do a migration out of iCloud, I have to go back up all five of those calendars because goodness knows I might miss grandma's birthday or something that people are going to call me back on later. So I just back them all up. Okay. They're all there. And, uh, so let's just, uh, so back to setting up the calendar. Sorry. Um, you want to make sure you back up everything and, then we're not even talking about the testing yet either. This is all just set up. So the control panel, you get the add-on to work in Outlook. Then you're going to see the calendars. And within the calendars, uh, you're also going to see a couple calendars above the iCloud one, which one is the local computer that Outlook probably brought in called My Computer Only, or This Computer Only, rather, and then any other calendars that they have. So sometimes I bring in, um, I get a call and I'm in there and I see like eight calendars sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's such a mess. But that's why people are calling you for help because it is a mess and they don't want to see the mess and they don't understand it. Okay, so uh, the other thing you want to remember is iCloud, again, does not default the calendar either, okay? So if they are accepting a lot of appointments, iCloud is not the best product for that. And I have actually created a new profile and done a full you know, rework to get iCloud to be default. And it does work sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And this is where I tell people, 
I've done like an hour and a half worth of work and they're like, it's not taking my new appointments. What was the point of all this? What is the point of all of it? If they can't have a default, you can never tell if a client's going to care or not. So that's one of the things I talk about before I set up iCloud with someone is how important is this for you to accept the appointments? If they say don't, they don't care. Great. Like I said, I don't do the setup anymore. But uh, that's something that has hurt me in the past. And I've actually spent an hour reworking a, a fix and I couldn't charge someone because I did not know that. But now I do. Okay, so the other problem with iCloud is that it also has sometimes you have to do, excuse me, the save calendar option, import, export with that, and uh, the contacts in iCloud.com are very hard to export uh, just to let you know that too is it's really a lot of work with this iCloud because <laughs> people are using iCloud on their phone for default and that's when they think it's so easy to do and stuff but when you start adding in Outlook it adds a whole new new uh, level to the game there I mean if yeah if you didn't use Outlook it, it works great you know uh, fine and nice and dandy but Outlook is is a machine compared to iCloud and uh, it doesn't always play nice Hopefully you guys understood that story. iCloud and me have a battle that's been waging on for many years. And uh, like I said, I don't do those anymore. I take people out. They want the help. It could be a lot of work and a lot of technical issues and trying to get the data out of iCloud. And I think the worst problem I have is when people call in and they're like, iCloud kidnapped all my data and it's all messed up. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And, and guess what? Let's just hope your categories are there because a lot of people want their categories that they've been using for years to fine-tune. <laughs> and that's gone. That's no good. All right, another product that I have used in the past and that I really do like, it's very easy to set up and configure, is called G-Sync It. I actually have a pretty popular video on YouTube on how to set it up and configure it, so I'll put that in the, the show notes for you guys. G-Sync It is a nice, simple little tool. I think it's 20 bucks. You download it. All you have to do literally is just install it on the computer. It pops into Outlook on its own. You have to set, set it up. And this is really the best tool for, of course, Gmail users. I have a lot of Gmail people that are uh, using it for Outlook to read their email, but they want the calendar and contacts feature. And since Gmail doesn't have a feature anymore that's free, the G-Sync it is very affordable for 20 bucks, and it works good. You, uh, When you set it up, you do have to do each one individually, contacts and calendar. You do log in with your Gmail. You have to verify the account, and then you go pick the calendar, and then you have to pick the one in Outlook, and then you got to do the same for contacts. Now, the free version does not allow you more than 50 contacts. So I just tell people to buy it, and it usually does work fine. Uh, the first time you sync can take hours and hours and hours, but after that, it should be good to go. And uh, if people have problems with it, G-Sync has a pretty good support email system that, that they that they answered the questions pretty quickly, and I really haven't had any unhappy clients with it. And so remember, I only use this... G-Sync it for people with free Gmail. And I don't even know if I have uh, worked with any Android users, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that it's the phones that are the problem. It's Outlook with that. That one, yeah. 
The other program I've used, I, I don't think I've used it in a long time, but uh, recently it's called Companion Link. And uh, remember I changed my interview process, so when people call in, I get them off these kind of things. But, but that one does have um, a nice sync tool that works with Outlook, Gmail. It works with everything, actually. You should check it out if you want to get to know it. It handles all versions of Outlook, every phone, everything kind of there. Uh, I stopped using it because their um, their updates were not working so great for a while. They might be now. I'm not sure. But there's many options to synchronize with uh, Wi-Fi or hardwire or through your router, I think, even. And uh, to me, it just got too complicated and got too messy. So I'm not going to say it's a, a bad product, but it's just not my favorite anymore. And it still does work, but I still quote people two hours to get that set up and working. Because I think they use an app called Deja Office. And if that, if you get off the network with the IP address, it can cause problems. And uh, actually, I've trained my clients who use it. I've trained them how to fix it themselves. So it's really not difficult. But you do have to get a new IP address if it uh, boinks out and you have to go get that. And a little more cumbersome <laughs> probably than others. But, you know, it's not bad. It's just you have to go, go get it and figure it out and... I don't know. So here's it back again in order and a quick review. Outlook.com is like a free mini exchange server. It works great as long as you can configure it well. Most people don't have problems. And the Outlook.com calendar is a super nice solution for families. You know, a lot of families have, you know, five, six people in the family. They're all hustling around. They want to share a family calendar or they want their kids to have their own calendars. That's a great solution. It's for online. The kids can do it on their phones and on the master computer at the house. And um, that's a nice option. Number two is G-Sync It. I'm doing these in order of how I like configuring them. Eh, I'll put Companion Thrink number, number three and then iCloud number four. But, of course, the holy grail is the exchange. But uh, that's not for everybody. But it is for my people. All right, so I think if you guys have any questions about these four products, you want to tell me about other products, there's plenty of other products out there. Uh, these are just the four I've been using the most, and they're kind of like, you know, just, you know, I'm not going to say the most well-known, but there's tons of other apps out there that do this kind of stuff. Feel free to email me and let me know. Um, I don't do any more testing with new products. Like people are like, hey, test this out, see how you like it. No, I don't have time to do that anymore. Um, I'm, I just work with these four and that's kind of it. Now, if somebody has like a super awesome new one that needs to be talked about, let me know and I'll see, but, uh, I got to stick with what keeps the business rolling here, but I'm always up for hearing more information. And if you guys have any, uh, other tips and tricks or any new update problems or, you know, new little trade secrets I need to know about, email me at Lisa call that girl biz. Glad to share the information I can. I did get two more emails, by the way. One was from a fella in California that was telling me about, boy, what was he telling me about? Um, oh, about how Microsoft has the hybrid that you can sell some exchange, some pop. And I knew about it, but to me, it's all or nothing with my people, and all of them always need to exchange. It wasn't like some of them needed the the hybrid, which AppRiver actually calls the kiosk version. 
that's I think two or three dollars or three or four dollars a month just to have standard email, no other bells and whistles. Now I'm going to start using that when I start talking to clients about bigger mailbox migrations. Um, I, I haven't done one yet and I don't plan on it too soon because like I said, I do all or nothing, but uh, this tech in California gave me a little heads up just saying, Hey, you know, you have that option. And I'm like, I, I think I knew it, but thanks for reminding me because I'm not sure, but other techs might want to, because if you've got, you know, let's say 150 people that don't need the full exchange experience. Well, then you don't have to do all the work on those migrations either. You know, you don't have to do the, the contact setup and the, and the calendaring and all the extra things that come with the regular exchange migration. And companies might actually like that because they just want basic email. That was very cool. Then I also had a gal email me from, uh, I think she worked at a big, big school district. I don't know. <laughs> she was working in the IT department, but she thanked me for some information. They were struggling with upgrading also to 2016 and they had already had some issues and, you know, I'm not shying people away from it. I'm just telling you my problems because even though it kind of seems like I'm just talking about problems all the time, it's, I'm a problem solver. And she was like, we're having the same kind of issues. So thank you for like kind of just confirming that other people are too. And yeah, you know, I mean, it's all over the internet, of course, but you know, I don't want to steer you guys wrong, try to help the best I can. And, uh, and so any more feedback is welcomed from you guys, but that was nice to get those two fan mails this last week. I love when people reach out as I'm all alone here, <laughs> sitting behind my command center, just me trying to traffic all the problems all day long. All right, gang, coming up here, I have a couple new things I'm going to be working on. One is, um, interestingly, I have a new assistant starting on Monday who is going to be my right hand. So I can actually have three hands now doing the work, but, uh, I'm going to try a few new things to keep up with all the work requests I get. And I'm going to create a web page with these daily requests so I can kind of actually start seeing all the different things people are having problems with. And that'll be in my next show. I'll have that page up. So you guys, it's going to be right on my navigation bar too. I mean, it's not secret at all, but it's just kind of like when people think that there's not enough work for outlook and office 365, there's plenty, there's plenty of work to be out there. And, uh, like I was saying many past shows ago, we're in a gold mine right now. So if you are interested in getting into this kind of work and starting to get out of tech support, uh, for day-to-day -day stuff like virus removals and all that, there's definitely a window to invite you into the world of Office 365. There are so many companies that want it, and they're having problems. They need the help. They've done it themselves. They need a tech. You know, there's we have everything we need to do to to make this a um, a viable service business. And in my maybe the next show, I'm going to be talking to my white label provider who has taken all the tech support stuff away from me so I can focus on this work. And it's very possible to do. And I'm also doing a video training webinar module with Matt Rodella on how to break out into your own niche work, whether it be this, data recovery, uh, white label support, um, creating your own product, creating whatever. You want to break out? We're going to help you with our tips and tricks of things we've done in the past. Hopefully. 
All right, gang, I think that is the show this week. Uh, let me get to make sure I covered everything. Yep, I believe so. Next show, I'll talk about my little stories again. I had to skip that for a little bit. Anyway, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, App River and Podbean, for hosting. If you have a story you'd like to share and want to be a guest on the show, contact me, Lisa, call that girl that biz. You can check out my shows at callthatgirl.biz slash office365. You can also buy, excuse me, buy my ebooks at callthatgirl.biz slash publications and check me out on social media, wherever you can find me. That's it, folks. See you next week.